Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Wow. Don't we all wish we were 17 again? It's about the perfect age, I reckon. Anna, can I recommend you stay 17 for at least five years? And, uh, yeah. And also, we've got Simon Parkinson in the house. One-time drummer in the church some years ago. Alan and Christina's son, so good. And James is back after his many wanderings across the North Sea or wherever you were. Fantastic. So, good to be back in church and uh, um, just to see what God is doing. You know, um, Cheryl and I were in um, Turkey this week. Um, We went to Istanbul for a uh, Scott Wilson's conference. And uh, he runs a leadership summit there. And uh, it's just a really, really good time. It's probably one of our favorite times um, for getting away and spending time with uh, pastors and leaders from other churches and networks uh, across Europe. Um, And uh, it's a very specialized uh, personal time uh, for senior pastors um, and um, it's, uh, it's a place where we can hang out and, and spend time with, with great leaders and work through quite challenging uh, issues, the technical issues that pastors are, are constantly wrestling with and being able to kind of share your stories and talk through the different things and hear the wisdom of those who've gone before you and uh, to be able to pray over those who start. We have young pastors there who come in their uh, late 20s and early 30s and they're just so excited to be with, um, with us old fogies and, uh, and uh, we used to be the young ones and now we're not. And uh, so uh, to, to spend time and just praying with them and encouraging them and, and it's just, it really is a, a very, very uh, valuable and important time for us. So, so we're just super excited. We're continuing our uh, Freedom Series. In fact, th- th- this Sunday is the last one in the Freedom Series. After that, you lose your freedom. <laughs> We've got uh, Pastor Owen from Inverness tonight, and he's finishing off the series for us. Uh, and it's going to be... We've got, we've got an epic um, autumn coming up on the Friday the 13th. Thir- Friday. Sunday the 13th. <laughs> Where did that come from? So Sunday the 13th, we have, uh, we're going up to Inverness um, and we're going to be um, praying over uh, pastors um, Owen and Kate and uh, uh, opening up uh, the Junction Church Inverness as an official Junction Church. Uh, so that's, that's the official launch of the church. Um, not much else changes because they've been running uh, as a Junction Church for the last year. And, uh, or some of it, well, some of the structures that sort of beginning to, we're just gently transitioning. Um, some of the stuff that they do into what we do, etc. So it's, it's just a very, very uh, exciting time for us. So let's read our Freedom Series scripture, shall we? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 to 18 uh, in the New Living Translation says this, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is a spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You know, um, 
on the way to Turkey and on the way home, uh, we, the, the flight from Edinburgh um, was uh, four hours. Uh, and generally on planes over sort of three hours, you, you get movies, which is a little bit of an extra kind of... Otherwise, you're just stuck in a little seat and you're looking at the back of the chair and you're probably next to someone you don't want to get too close to. Actually, on the way there, I was wearing a T-shirt because it was quite warm, and the guy sitting next to me had a sleeveless, and so it was skin to skin. It was kind of, you know, that kind of awkward. It's like, and I'm sitting, I'm thinking, he's quite smooth. And uh, so it's like, does he oil? And, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like it was awkward. It's like, you know, who uses the armrest, you know, and... Uh, I was kind of feeling it was like my armrest. He got the one at the other side, but yeah, there we go. We were battling over the armrest the whole four hours. And, uh, uh, but on the way over there, we, we, had, um, we had these movies, and the movies uh, that you get a selection of movies. Now, the problem with um, the movies, you get them on the back of the, the headrest. You, you pick your movie, and you get one of those headphones. I don't know if you've uh, done these in-flight entertainments. You get the, the headphones that have been tightly wound up, uh, just to make sure that the wires, if they weren't broken, have been broken now. And uh, so you put it in, you get in your ear, you're just sort of, you're, you're resting it on your lap, the wire, and you've got to get it in the right place so you can hear. And, and, uh, but added to that, you've got the background noise of the plane, um, just that engine sort of drone that's constantly there. You've got the chatter of the people around you uh, and the steward, stewardesses and that. They're rattling up and down, uh, handing out food. And uh, so you've got this kind of constant, and then you've got this sort of terrible sound uh, actually in your ears. It's sort of deeply muffled. It's a very bad sort of uh, audio setup. So you're watching a movie, but most of the time you can't actually hear what people are saying, unless it's a really clear quote. And, and with the blokes, they just sort of seem to sort of growl and gravel at each other. And you're kind of looking at what did he say? And, and you're trying to turn it up, and the more it turns up, it just booms in your ear. Uh, and when you turn it down, you can't hear it. And, and so we, I watched two movies, one movie there, one movie back, and probably lost about 50 or 60% of what was actually said in the movies. I kind of just watched the pictures, you know, and, and, and kind of guessed what the, what the script was about. And you kind of make up the rest from the replies. Uh, the women were slightly easier to hear. And so whatever the women in the movie would say, you kind of work out what the fella said before that. And uh, it kind of went on like that. And that was, that, was, uh, that was kind of how it went. And, you know, it's amazing how um, hearing and understanding how critical it is to to get an understanding of what is actually going on in the world around us. The Bible says in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm going to read New King James Version for this one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. And this is one of those amazing scriptures where the word of God is heard by the church and that they don't just hear it, they get it. They don't just hear the sound. I mean, I could hear the gravel of these, these people speaking, but I couldn't hear it. 
I could hear it, but I couldn't hear it. There wasn't understanding. Hearing only works if you can understand. And here is the Thessalonian church. Their freedom came from their understanding of what they heard. They heard, they understood, they perceived, and from that, from that place, from that ability came this, this liberty and freedom which began to work in their lives. You know, what you hear and what you believe, what you understand has a powerful benefit working in your lives. Without understanding, what the understanding of what you hear, then you, you basically lose what's going on around your life. We have a lot of pastors come to us and, and uh, speak to us. And one of the questions that actually Scott Wilson was, would ask, he used to ask me, he'd say, does your church get it? That's the question. Do they get it? And because we've got a great church here, I would say our church get it. And I've been to churches where the pastor's preaching, but the congregation doesn't get it. So the pastor's saying one thing, but the people are not hearing what he's saying. They're hearing words, but they're not getting it. I've been um, in, in countries and all over Demo, and I've seen people, they've sat under ministry for 20 years, sometimes 30 years, and they still didn't get it. So they heard it, but they didn't hear it. And you know, the only way that change works on the inside is not that you hear it, but you hear it and you get it. There's a revelation, an understanding, there's a connection that works in your heart. Back um, in 2007, I was, um, we'd had a late night in church in in here. We'd had a worship, um, a late worship set with... um, a guy called Andrew Ironside, who used to be the um, music director for INC International, and he'd come through with his band, and he, he, they'd done it. And we got home, I don't know, probably one in the morning. And um, because of my diabetes, I had uh, I'd gone, we were just going to go in, I was going to go straight to bed, so I took uh, my, nighttime, uh, my nighttime insulin, which is a slow-acting insulin. It's a background insulin that works in my body. Uh, just to keep, and you take it, uh, I call it nighttime. you don't have to do it at night, but most people do, and it's, uh, it kind of just works in the background. And, and uh, so my nighttime injection is 32 units. Uh, doesn't mean anything, except for the fact that I have a different insulin, which I have during the daytime for meals, and that would be no more than 8 units maximum, depending on what you're eating, but 8 units absolute maximum. I went in, I grabbed the pen, Dialed up 32 units, jabbed it in, went to bed, didn't think anything more of it uh, until <laughs> uh, Cheryl discovered that actually what I'd done is taken 32 units of fast-acting insulin, which what happens has a catastrophic effect on your sugar levels. Now, your sugar levels drop, they plummet very quickly um, and can result quite quickly in death. So um, what... What happens? I say, so I, can, I can laugh, I'm alive, right? So, <laughs> you, you always laugh when you just escape death, right? It's like the moment when you nearly crash the car, you know, you're, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> the blokes do it particularly. It's what men do when they've just been found out. And uh, so... And uh, so, at that moment in time, I, I lose consciousness. Cheryl has to sort me out with sugar and glucose. And uh, there's just a, a whole 
uh, array of things going on around me. I'm not kind of aware of what's going on. Uh, they're just sort of putting uh, glucose injections into me. And uh, until the point when it brings me round enough where I can talk, and so I'm talking, I'm talking to Cheryl, I'm talking to people around me, I'm able to walk, I take myself to the toilet, I come out, uh, I'm talking to people, but the problem is this, I'm not there. I'm talking, I'm communicating, but I'm not there. Kevin Upton isn't there. It was me, but my conscious person was not aware. The reasoning, the... The ability of my mind to reason with myself, perceive and understand, didn't exist. And so I'm able to talk and I'm able to communicate, but I'm not really making any sense because I can't reason with the words that are coming out of my mouth. And so what happened is, over the, you know, the course of a, a couple of hours or so, with a few more injections of glucose, uh, eventually I start to come around and I, the first words I hear is my own voice, like a distant echo. I can hear myself talking and while the words are coming out of my mouth, my brain slowly comes through the fog and I can hear myself speaking and I'm thinking, what the flip are you talking about? <laughs> Have you gone entirely mad? And I look at myself and I look at my surroundings and I'm thinking, what? What just happened? Slowly but surely, I began to realize that what, uh, what had happened, and very quickly, I calculated what my great mistake had been, and how I <laughs> take a little bit more care when you go to bed at night of which insulin pen you pick up. And, and so, I began to realize, but, and one thing I learned from that was this, that your lights can be on, but no one can be home. <laughs> and you know, this is the thing of the world. The world lives without revelation of Christ. And without that revelation, they live without the consciousness of who they were called to be. The lights are on, but no one's home. They do not see or understand. There isn't the reasoning or the rationing. There is not the mental ability to see or understand or reason. It's why you cannot argue someone into the kingdom of God any more than Cheryl can argue with me to tell me to stop saying stupid things. It wasn't going to work because my brain wasn't, my conscious person wasn't there. I did not exist. I have no memory of the events of those couple of hours when I'm walking around talking I was alive, but I wasn't there. And this is what happens when you live without revelation of Jesus Christ. We're walking and we're talking, but we're not perceiving and we're not understanding. And we need to understand that the most critical part of our life is the revelation of the Word of God that sets us free. When we hear the Word, the Word comes to us and the Word will set us free. I'm going to read a a portion of Scripture from Matthew's Gospel from the Message Version. Donald. Donald is on the computer, for those of you wondering why I mentioned Donald. It's not that he's misbehaving in church and and he needs to look up this verse. He could be, of course. I can't see what he's doing at the back. He's probably on Facebook. (laughs) Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. And we're going to read 11 to 15 from the Message Bible. And this is what it says. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples about why he speaks 
in parables and stories. He says, you have been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. When someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and the understandings freely flow. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are blockheads. Turn to someone and say, are you a blockhead? No, you're... you're. (laughs) Someone you know. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw up their eyes shut so they won't have to look. So they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. We have to understand that God wants us free. To be free, we have to hear His Word. The Word that is spoken over your life is the Word that sets you free. But the word that sets you free has huge impact on the way we live, the way we think, the way we respond. And so it says here that when our receptivity, the ability to receive the word is blocked, then God has to deal with us in a way which nudges us toward a place of getting it. I believe we spend a lot of our time just not getting it. And even though we get Christ and we understand He is our Savior and we've got an awakening, a revelation of Him in our heart, there are many areas in our heart and many areas in our life where we're still not getting it. You can understand that Jesus forgives you of your sin but not understand that He wants you free from the hurt of your past or He wants you free in the finances that you're you're in or He wants you walking in power and authority. That He wants you to have confidence with people who seem to be able to oppress or crush your heart or your mind. He wants you free. There are many areas that God wants you to understand how He liberates your life. There is a word which exists over your life. But often we don't get it. When we don't get it, we are called, according to the Message Bible, blockheads. And I think all of us at some point in our life are blockheads. We just get a bit like just cranial in our thinking. We get a little bit self-centered. We determine the boundaries for which God can or cannot move. And we determine in our lives what can and cannot be. But God create circumstances which nudge us in the right direction. And I need you to understand, if if you're not living in the liberty for which Christ has ordained for you, then understand this, the circumstances around your life is God's nudge in you that you understand and get that revelation. When you live with revelation, you live with the freedom. When the Word makes sense... The power of it works in your life to change everything around you. When I was 
a young man working with my father in cabinet making. I remember my father was a highly skilled craftsman, a, an amazing work and, and incredible at French polishing. And he would um, just make these beautiful furniture. And I remember him getting me to do my first fine polish job. It wasn't French polishing, um, but it was a, a fine finish that he wanted. And he just let me have a go. I'd seen him do it. He let me have a go. Uh, and he watched me make just this pig's ear of this whole job. I mean, it was horrible. I had run marks and streaks and, and brush marks. Oh, it was, it was terrible. And he's just looking at me do it. And then he stops and he begins to explain to me not just how it works, but why it works. And he shows to me not only how the finish of the furniture, the stain, the type of stain, the type of material that we're using, the sealer that we're using, how you can thin it, how you can apply it, how you can work it, how you can use it in different temperature conditions because all of those, the atmospheric conditions has a huge impact on the type of things that you're working with. When you're working with wood, wood is very, very uh, influenced by the atmosphere and you've got to know how to work uh, how to apply. And so there with my father, he would take these cotton buds and he would, um, these cotton wool, he would take a wedge of cotton wool and, and he would just gently soak it in the, the, the fine polish and he would just run this perfect streak. I mean, I don't know how, I would get cotton wool dubbed on and I would just scrub and there'd be bits of cotton wool all over the, <laughs> just on, and he would just, and this beautiful line, this perfect line was through. And then he would leave a gap and he would do another line and then he would come back with the middle one and he would just come between the two and there would, you would never know that it was several streaks but just one perfect smooth finish. And I remember him showing me how to do this and as I watched him, as I listened to him, as I began to understand, I began to get an understanding of how to finish furniture. So when he wasn't there, I was able to do it. I was free to be able to make and finish furniture and make money out of that with or without him because I heard and understood. You see, the word brings a revelation into your life. God doesn't just give you commands and tells you to do things without a revelation because revelation gives you understanding and understanding gives you the liberty and the flexibility to be able to live your life in a tactical way. And tactical is an incredible, is really important process. Most of you have a dream for your life. And your dream is over there somewhere. You're looking at your dream and from the point of where you are. And you draw a straight line between where you are and your dream. But there's always a problem. There are crevices and ravines. There are blockages and there are just about everything between you and there. The only way you get from here to there is tactical. Is the ability to make decisions on the day. Every tomorrow you will have to make tactical decisions about the day. You might wake up and decide that you're going to have a prayer time. But just before um, you, you have your prayer time, something happens. You get distracted and then you find yourself driving to work and you haven't had your prayer time. You've got to make a tactical decision. Do I do my day without my prayer time or do I find an opportunity to pray? That's called tactical. It's called making a, a logistical decision about how I get from, from A to B. But here's the deal. Without understanding, you don't know how to make those key decisions. When you live in captivity of your heart and mind, you put your head in the sand and say, the world has come to destroy me. God has rejected me and I failed in my mission. 
But God has given you the ability to live with understanding. And understanding look, enables you to look at what's ahead of you and go, Jesus, I know that you're with me. I want to go there, but I know that in going there, I can go over there and you'll be with me when I'm going over here because my goal is taking me in that direction. But if you don't live with a revelation of his word for your life, one, you won't know how to make good decisions on the everyday because you won't know where you're going in the first place. How do you make a tactical decision about the decisions of your life if the direction of your life has no purpose? If there is no direction, there is no daily decision which gives you any purpose or any reason. But here's the deal. The Word of God, which drops into your heart, is the Word that drives through and gives you that liberty and freedom. We're a church that has been called to live in a liberty and a freedom and a purpose to fulfill the great call and commission upon our lives. We are called to understand what He's doing in our lives. It says in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10 to 12. I'm going to read this to you. Many of you know already what this is, but I'm going to read it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 10 to 12, New King James Version says this, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. Let me read verse 12 to you again. Now we have received. What have you received? Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God has given you His spirit that you might freely know His thi- the things which He has for you. There is a revelation working in your heart a revelation working in your mind. There is a revelation of the things of God working in your life. And God is nudging you towards the Holy Spirit again and again that you may know and understand and get fresh revelation. It's quite likely that today there is something which is blocking you from the purposes and the high call of God upon your life. Can I say to you that it's quite likely there are things which are working in your life that are just stopping you from fulfilling the Great Commission. I need you to understand the enemy does not want you to fulfill the call of God upon your life. The enemy doesn't want you to. The world is a broken world. We know that we read, as we read in Revelation, in, in um, Genesis... We read in Genesis and we read what the scripture says. And the scripture says that as we plant seeds, so we will gather thorns and thistles. That's what it says in because of sin. 
Sin produces thorns and thistles. The world is cursed. So, so this is not a strategic plan of the enemy to curse us. This is just the result. This is the, the overflow of sin in the world means that you work your butt off to do good things and you end up with lots of broken things. That's just the issue of a cursed world around us. But there is a but. The but is, but the Holy Spirit has given us revelation on how to live our life and how to walk in Him. And there is a revelation that God is working in your life. And if you're facing resistance, if you're struggling in your heart, understand this, the thing for which you are struggling with is God's nudge. He's nudging the blockhead. (laughs) Or nudging the block off the head is probably... (laughs) He's nudging it off. Nudging you through, going, turn to my Holy Spirit. Turn to the anointing of my presence. Turn to heaven and open up your heart. Receive the understanding of what he's speaking over your life. Next week, I'm going to preach on money. See, they're like, oh my word. (laughs) And I'm going to preach on money because Aberdeen has reached a, a, is beginning to reach a crisis point on money. And I need a church to understand what God says about finances. Actually, Scott Wilson has very timely just produced a book. Could you produce it? God's, uh, Scott Wilson has just written a book called God's Economic Engine, the, uh, Discovering Tithing in the New Covenant. And this is, a, this is an amazing book. Uh, and we can take orders for that. Uh, but Scott's coming through in January, uh, and so we can get uh, quite a few copies if you want, want to be able to get that. But next week, I'm going to preach. Uh, not, I'm not preaching on tithing. I'm not preaching on giving. I'm, I'm preaching on the flow of God's finances in your life, understanding what is flowing in through your life. Yeah. All right? Understanding. Because finances is about flow. But there are many different types of flow that go through your life. I have to stop there because if I do that, then you heard the preach and there's no point coming back next week. We can take the week off. But there are blockages which work through our life. And here's the deal. When you've got a revelation on how to deal with those things, the Word of God empowers you to step over them. The Word settles in your heart and gives you liberty to step around them. Many years ago, Cheryl and I, we were a couple of thousand pounds in debt with no income and no way to pay the debt. We hadn't paid the rent on the house. We hadn't paid uh, the debts on the credit card. We had debts this way and that way. The only money we had was £200 in the bank. I remember going for a walk and having a complaint to God. How many of you know complaining to God doesn't receive receptive? It's not like receive, oh, my dear son, I, I understand, poor you. He doesn't put his arm around you. It's normally, it's normally more of a nudge you receive. And while I'm going for a walk um, complaining, I'm walking around. At the time, we never had a dog, and we're walking, I'm walking this area where only people go to walk the dog. And if you're a person without walking a dog, you look like some kind of pervert. And so you're walking around... <laughs> 
I'm walking around thinking, I hope people don't think I'm a weirdo. So I'm just walking around, he's got no dog, why is he here? And so I'm walking around and I'm complaining, talking to myself, makes you look even more weird. And, and I'm going, God, what are you doing? And while I'm speaking, I'm hearing popping noises. And it's those, uh, I don't know the name of the plant, I don't really, not into that stuff, it grows, but I don't know how. And uh, so there are these seeds, it's in the autumn time, and these seeds, and they're popping seeds. They, they, um, exp- they cast their seeds by exploding. So you have seeds in a shell, and they just pop and pop. And I'm walking past, and the seeds are going pop, 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 pop. Seeds are just going everywhere, popping. And I'm walking around going, God, where's the money? Where's the money? What am I going to do? Can't pay the bill. I've got me over here, brought me to Scotland, and now I'm doomed. Now I'm finished. This is an embarrassment. It's not just to me. This is you who's going to be embarrassed. I need you to understand this. <laughs> and, you know, and all the time thinking I've got £200 in the bank and £2,000 worth of bills. I don't get it. I'm pop, pop. Seeds are going in my head. And eventually... The scripture of seed time and harvest begins to work in my heart. And I turn and I see the seeds exploding. And a revelation burns into my heart. The money you have in the bank is a seed which you sow for a harvest. It will do nothing for you in paying off the bills. You might as well give it away. I went home, spoke to Cheryl. We decided, we came into agreement, we wrote out a check to clear our bank account and we sent it to a man who had taught us on, on tithes and offerings and giving and we sent him the check and we had no money. And that was it. We were done. The difference being, we had sown a seed. And over the next three months, food turned up, money turned up, Enough money came in to pay the rent. I can't even think how, when, or where. But it just, I remember it was in the September time. I remember by Christmas, doing Christmas, having Christmas. And in fact, I believe it was that same year, Jean Taylor um, bought us a Christmas tree um, that we couldn't afford. And uh, that was a, that was a, it was a turnaround. Christmas trees are important. I need you to understand that. Jesus wants you to have a Christmas tree. <laughs> And she gave, us, she gave us money to buy a Christmas tree. And we've never, and we bought the biggest Christmas tree you could find. We got a tree. It went floor to ceiling. It was like 12 foot wide. You could hide the children in there until after Christmas. And, and, and that, was the, that was like this beginning moment. It was like the, the flow of God's blessing on our lives. Because when God... When you sow seed, God causes His um, harvest to begin to work in your life. What was it? A word gave us revelation, and revelation gave us freedom. You understand that God has a process. Now, I'm just talking about the financial things, but there are many areas of our life where we feel captive. God wants you to understand His word. His word begins to work in your life. And brings revelation and freedom. Amen? Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.